Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. ECU bounced from the opening round of the AAC tournament and 15 and 15 on the year. Tristan Newton was amazing again. 26 points for the second team all-conference select T. Then nine rebounds, six assists. Vance Jackson was 16 points. 10 rebounds in his finale in a pirate uniform. Uh, J.J. Miles with uh, four points in uh, his final uh, game in purple and gold. Uh, I was watching it, so I didn't get that perspective. And uh, if I'm not sportsing hard enough here, forgive me. I've been busy actually getting ready for telecast this weekend I got uh, while keeping an eye on the game and watching it. And you know, a lot of phone calls, a lot of other things going on regarding ECU athletics. Uh, I guess RJ was out again. Was it an injury? or they just, I can't imagine they didn't play him. Ref Philip Pilkington producing with Ben B-Baby Byram today. So did I miss something on that, guys, or, or what? I didn't hear any word on it, so I'm guessing he's probably hurt. I don't think, like you said, I don't think he must have. He had him. to have. He, yeah, I mean, you, he wouldn't have been benched unless he's done something. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it was a pretty tight rotation today. I thought Suggs was great. Uh, look, it comes down to this today in my mind. Uh, and was there progress made this season? Absolutely. Is Joe Dooley uh, done a, a fine job? In my opinion, he has. Um, 15 and 15. Now, not a lot of wins since they beat Memphis. A lot of close losses this year. Close wins, too. Games that they had in hand in conference, just programs got to learn to win. And some real strides made. Nice piece to build around with Newton. I think Suggs get a little stronger. You got a nice core coming back. But it has been kind of oddly quiet out of Ward Sports Medicine as far as Joe Dooley and what happens with now one year on his contract remaining. It's just kind of a strange vibe but it's been a strange vibe over there but it's been strange times too with the COVID year and and all of that and I thought last year was uh I mean just a, it of all the athletic programs I think basketball at ECU struggled the mightiest but I think basketball across the country last year was the sport that was most affected by everything with basketball and COVID um but that's a that's kind of a going off on a tangent there but um, a couple other just notes and observations from today. I mean, you're in a beautiful, modern, state-of-the-art. Dickey's Arena, you know, if you ever – we've all seen you know big arenas that have the loading docks 
or just loading stuff for concerts or, you know, if you're going to load stuff for putting a basketball floor in a place that maybe has doesn't have a court built in. None of them really do now, uh, you know, or or what have you. Just, you usually have one. Some might have two kind of loading docks. This place has got multiple loading docks because it's basically a, uh, a rodeo arena. So it's got plenty of room in the back there. Why are you sending the two teams through the same tunnel in a conference tournament? Everything is a powder keg right now, especially this time of year. And you're sending the two teams there. Now, I, I don't know exactly what happened. It was probably just some jaw jacking and, you know, coach got over there and helped mitigate the thing. But And then my other issue is, You know, a game like today, you need a point guard. And Tremont Robinson-White, big, you know, is a good player, a little better off the ball, has not proven to consistently be a great option at point guard night in and night out. Tristan is not a point guard despite the six assists. I mean, he's a two guard, but he could play that role. So, I mean, it's a tough deal to have not a true dominant kind of point guard. The, The problem is he was on the bench. Winston Tabs was on the bench all year, didn't play a second this year. So how different would things be if you had Tabs relatively healthy, you would assume, because obviously he missed because of injury. You know, are you, are you better than 15 and 15? I would argue you are, because he's a difference maker. He's your best player, and he sat on the bench all that all this year because of injury. Uh, this is Joe Dooley's reaction to the defeat afterwards. Uh, we'll go ahead and call it our pirate report, Philip, if you want to cue that up. And uh, we'll have uh, some comments from uh, Newton, Vance Jackson, and Joe Dooley in today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We're getting video of this to post for you on 94.3 The Game's social media pages. Ben Byram slaving away over a hot editing bay for that. So uh, this is Joe Dooley, his reaction to the loss today. Obviously, we're disappointed. Uh, appreciate the, the the contributions and the effort that the guys gave during the year. I thought, uh, you know, we, we we did some good things. I thought the guys tried hard, uh, had a good group of guys to work with. I really can't complain about that. Um, the game today, I think, obviously, points off the turnovers were a big key. Um, and then, you know, at the end, they won an 18-5 run um, to, to finish the game, which, you know, uh, we had some good looks. We had some times we need to get some stops and wrap up possession that we didn't. I can give Cincinnati credit for making some plays. Uh, Davenport made a couple big plays. You know, Saunders made a couple big plays. And we answered some and didn't answer others. I'm going to be bumping around a little bit here, Philip. So let's go to Tristan Newton now and what was working for him today. Well, working early, I just feel like it was really my teammates setting ball screens, setting good ball screens, Luigi, man. So they all setting good ball screens. I was getting that hook into my spots. Uh, I feel like second half, I was, I think I was forcing a little bit too much. Like I could have came off the ball a little bit more, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I feel like he's got to work on shot selection. So in the first half, I was getting to my spot. Second half, I wasn't. So he's got to work on that. Cincinnati had something to do with that too, but I thought ECU when it came down, to the last four minutes of the game, what really was working for them, they went away from a little too much one-on-one. They had a couple of possessions there, down three, where they needed to score if they were going to win the game. And 
you know, just just took shots that really weren't in the flow of the offense. Uh, this is Vance Jackson. Cincinnati really do anything differently to him? I mean, he had a 35 and a 25 against uh, the Bearcats this year. He scored 16 today, but, you know, from a shooting standpoint, it was a little tougher day for Vance Jackson. Here is uh, here's Vance on uh, what Cincinnati did differently and what they did not do. Uh, he says really nothing. No, really, I just feel like I just missed too many shots, you know, um, wide open shots. And I feel like, yeah, I just missed too many shots. To be honest, they're all shots I know I can make. My teammates believe in me, the coaches believe in me. So I just feel like I had to just do better. You know what I'm saying? I'm shooting two for 10 from three. That's not that's not good at all. But, you know, uh, I, I tried. And I'm just thankful for, like, just having an opportunity, coaches and my teammates just entrusting me. And then, uh, you know, there was the halftime deal, and I've already said you got to have better logistics planning. I mean, you got an arena that big. Don't have people go out through the same uh, exit to the to the backstage area or to the locker rooms. Send them in different tunnels. You can figure that out if you're the American. Come on. Uh, Joe Dooley on the uh, kerfuffle that happened at halftime. It's pretty brief. His reaction? Nothing happened. Now, here's Wes Miller on that. And I think Wes Miller, Philip, is he still kind of crying to the officials? Oh, that's all he did today. Yeah. It it seemed like every time they showed him, he had something to say to the officials. Oh, he was just, he was crying to the officials all day. But he went, he wore the baby blue. So that makes, I mean, he gets it honest. Uh, this is what he had to say about the halftime scuffle. No, I, I, I was so far behind it. I was just a part of the breakup process. I, I don't know what happened. We didn't have time to unpack what happened in the locker room at halftime because we're trying to prepare these guys for the second half. So I, I, I do not know what happened. But uh, obviously you don't want those type of things. But I thought our guys handled themselves well from everything that I was able to see. I'll tell you, just got competitive alpha males exiting, playing a competitive game. Everybody's tired. Everybody's short-fused. Everybody's intense this time of year, and you got them going through the same bloom and exit way. I mean, that's that's what happened. Nothing else. Uh, what went wrong in the second half for the Pirates? Joe Dooley on that. Well, we had some, some looks that we missed, which was a big part. I, I thought those were some things, and – uh, I, I didn't think our shot selection in the second half was as good as it was in the first half. Um, and then, you know, like we talked about, we, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, we gave up some transition baskets and, um, you know, we, we did miss a few open shots, which would have helped. And it would have helped if we had, a, you know, another guy or a collective group of guys, uh, you know, add a couple more points for, along with these two guys. All right. Uh, the zone, obviously difficulties with the zone defense. Uh, for the Pirates today uh, and uh, East Carolina in the game. Uh, shot it better than they did against Cincinnati the previous two games in the regular season. Shooting it at 55% at one point the first half. Uh, Cincinnati actually shot it better than Cincinnati today, but the Pirates just 5 of 20 from three, and you can't do that and expect to win. I mean, you lose by nine, and they hit more threes than you do, five of them. So that tells you everything you need to know right there. Uh, as well uh, as the execution down the stretch. But playing against that zone and missing that many threes, not going to win games doing that. Uh, Coach uh, Dooley talked about the zone. We did. And, you know, we, we came back out, and then Davenport hit a big three. I thought we you know, we did a nice job. We turned it over. We turned them over with a, a little soft press to uh, you know, change it a little bit. 
Um, they ran their overload. Uh, you know, Davenport, you know, hit a big shot. That was a big play. Um, but I, I just think, you know, you were comfortable. I thought we, for the most part, we guarded well enough man to man. We mixed in some zone and uh, it seemed like we, we, you know, we were in a little bit of a scramble mode. Obviously, Davenport hit that one, but we had a couple of times where he guarded the dribble off the zone also. And then uh, this was difficult. He's playing zone defense, not against the zone. I got you. All right. Reading is fundamental. All right. The last four minutes, which again, I think, you know, you get to this time of the year in basketball, you better have a guard that can make plays. And that's usually a point guard. And uh, you got to have a lead guard that can do it. Pirates just didn't have that true dominant lead guard. And I mean, I would even say in the close losses this year, that's something that they lacked. Again, it, that guard was sitting on the bench, didn't play a second this year, was hurt. So this is uh, duly summing up the last four minutes of the game where the Pirates kind of struggled with execution. You know, I thought we had a couple looks. Uh, we had a couple ones that we probably wish we could have had back. I mean, I, we talked about that. But uh, And then, you know, when you get stops, you got to rebound the ball. We had a couple where we didn't defensive rebound the ball in situations we needed to. And, um, you know, I think those are, those are all things that are that are – you know, their difference in the game as we, as we recognize. All right. So uh, some of the comments today, we'll have a little more in the update coming up in a bit. Uh, we're going to also have the commissioner of the American, Mike Oresco. That might be uh, maybe next segment. We'll see here. I'm waiting to get word on, on some of that. And then uh, some other news today around Pirate Nation. Uh, the Purple Gold Classic this weekend in softball, they've altered that schedule a little. ECU's going to play twice on Friday now, and then singles on Saturday and Sunday. That schedule's changed a little bit. Pirate Baseball has decided to move its game up against uh, St. Mary's. Originally a 6.30 start to 3 o'clock. I was going to be out tomorrow because of TV duties. Uh, And so Ben was going to be on the show, but now that they've moved that up to 3, we won't have a a PJ show for you. Uh, For baseball tomorrow, as it'll be a 3 o'clock first pitch. Right now, uh, Saturday's game is still slated for 4. The Sunday game is still slated for 1 o'clock. So uh, there you go. Uh, But do make note, Pirate Baseball tomorrow, the first pitch scheduled for 3 tomorrow, so a 2.45 airtime. The players going on, I think this is going to be a Monday finish uh, there. Love the TPC, but uh, I I tell you what, uh, Philip, you're a golf guy, obviously. This... Uh, with the wind and the weather, especially if they do get to Sunday as a Sunday finish, or even if they're just playing the third round Sunday, um, you're going to have 17 is going to be a beast, cold and windy. I mean, it's already a beast, but it's going to be a beast. And Harold Varner, the third ECU golf alum, was actually leading the way, uh, was tied for the lead through 11 holes, but uh, – Things went sideways, what, on his last two, Philip? He was four over on his last two. Is that what he was? That's correct. He actually, when he showed up to the 17th tee box, he was the sole leader, and he took a triple on 17 and then bogeyed 18. So he's now three under and uh, three shots back from Tommy Fleetwood, fairway Jesus, who is the leader right now. Uh, But there's still plenty of guys out there who are going for a uh, low number. Lots of golfers out on the course right now. Uh, but uh, right now, HV3, three shots back. Uh, clubhouse lead for uh, Tommy Fleetwood, as we mentioned, at 600. All right. Uh, I think we're going to get to Commissioner Oresco next, so let's plan for that. Uh, Mike Oresco, 
commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Lots to talk about with him. Uh, because we're not going to have a show tomorrow, we've got some uh, some high school basketball uh, audio I want to get to here. Farmville playing in the boys and girls game. In fact, uh, as we go to break here, let me congratulate you, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington. Big uh, championship play-by-play assignment this weekend uh, for IBX with uh, with the games uh, Farmville Boys and Farmville Girls. So congratulations to you there. Appreciate it. Excited? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anytime you get to uh, call a game in a place that ugly, it's always uh, fun, right? <laughs> I was going to say, can you deal with being in the Dean Dome? For- um, I watched my girls play in the state championship game there my senior year so i have been there you mean your your school not yeah, your, yeah. Your, Sorry. you don't have yeah. children yes you're right <laughs> yes my high school that i was attending our girls where team was played. that uh hickory ridge in harrisburg okay who'd they play one of those guilford county schools i want to say it was northwest but it's it was hard to remember because ah. cox mill played after us and boys and they also played one of the other guilford schools that was when wendell was at cox mill so that was pretty yeah cool to see. yeah i got you i bet it was yeah all right, well, look, Farmville Central Jaguar basketball on uh, 94-3, the game for the girls at noon on Friday, uh, Saturday. And then the uh, boys game will be played at 2.30, also from the Smith Center, but that'll shift over to 103.7 WTIB, Talk 103.7 WTIB. So the Farmville girls will be on at noon right here on 94-3, the game that day, and then 103.7 WTIB for the boys game. Uh, join the ref, Philip Pilkington, and uh, the coach, Need of Chile. Uh, the championship coverage in Farmville, our, our staff did a great job of putting this together, is brought to you by Auto Store of Farmville in Greenville, Hobbs Insurance Agency of Farmville, Mosquito Authority, the Town of Farmville, Village Point Toys and Memorabilia, Jack A. Farrier Steelworks, Pierce Insurance, The Little Rocket, All Britain Lawn and Landscaping, Tony Moore, GFL Environmental, Creighton Commercial, the proud owners of Brightleaf Shopping Center in Farmville, and by Pitt and Green Electric Membership Corporation. So uh, thanks to all of those great businesses for their uh, support of the Jags in the championship. Should be a lot of fun on uh, Saturday with uh, the girls game here on 94.3. The game, the boys title game in 2A on Talk 103.7 WTIB. We'll break, we'll come back, and the commissioner of the American, Mike Oresco, joins us when we return. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it. Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. At the Vidant Wellness Centers, happy starts with healthy. And we all need a little happy and a lot of healthy. That's why we offer exercise equipment and classes. I know. They're indoor pools and personal training, too. And more wellness services. Like nutrition and yoga. With no annual commitments or hidden fees. Zip, zilch, nada. Because here, it's more than a gym membership. It's a happy, healthy relationship. Sign up today at VidantWellnessCenter.com and... Don't forget to bring a friend. (laughs) 
Are you shopping for a new boat but can't find exactly what you want or don't want? Check out Pair Custom Boats in Washington. They custom build your boat with no more or no less than exactly what you want. You can design it yourself with Pair Custom Boats. Towers, T-tops, no T-tops, forward seating, rear seating, or just a flush deck. They can customize your wants and needs in one of their four models. And the big news for 2022 is there are now two new models being introduced this year. The new 25-foot and 27-foot models will be great additions to the Pair Customs lineup. Call today, 252-717-7009. Visit the website at pairmarine.com or come see us in Little Washington, North Carolina. That's 252-717-7009 for Pair Custom Boats. Or visit the website and check out all the models at pairmarine.com. You can sit down and build your own custom built center console with Pair Custom Boats. Hey, I want to tell you a little bit about Wilson Rose Heating and Air Conditioning. They've been in the keeping you comfortable business for 60 years on Hooker Road in Greenville. Steve Rhodes, second generation, gives each customer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Wilson Rhodes is an authorized train dealer, specializes in new installations, home replacement service agreements on all makes and models. Go online at wilsonroads.com for 0% financing options up to 60 months on qualifying equipment. To get the job done right, Wilson Rhodes in Greenville, you'll be comfortable in no time. Just follow me. We're doing it for the ground. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Are you bored with your job? Maybe you want to make more money in a new career? Victra, the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers, and Victra's Greenville Contact Center is now hiring. Victra has open positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operation support. Fabulous benefits. They include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Earn top dollar while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Victor wants to hire 100 people this uh, month to work at their Thomas Langston Road facility in Winterville. So log on today, pit-jobs.com to apply and to get more information on Victra. That's pit-jobs.com. Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, it's been a while since we've had Mike Oresco on. He joins us uh, from Fort Worth now, and uh, it's always a treat to have the uh, commissioner uh, visit with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I guess I want to start with uh, when we're in hoops, certainly disappointed what uh, occurred with ECU today, but uh, yeah, as a league and having observed it up close this year with the uh, ESPN Plus package, I can tell you that uh, this is a league that's deserved of, of three bids uh in the ncaa tournament and it looks like that finally you know all of the uh, prognosticators who we've had on this show uh have gotten hip to that idea uh mr commissioner so uh in, in my opinion i think this is a a multi-bid three-bid league uh going into uh selection sunday uh as we welcome you back in mike oresco what say you on that well i'm hoping so uh patrick certainly i think we deserve three 
I think we've been an underrated and, and, and uh, you know, a, a league that, that has not been uh, respected as we should have been over the years. I think we've had several teams that should have been in and weren't. Uh, but, but the interesting thing is that we, uh, we continue to, to improve. But this year has, has been a bit of a down year for us. Uh, as you know, we've been a multiple bid league year after year, and we've had four bids on, on uh, you know, more, you know, more than one occasion. Uh, and we always felt that we we could end up in the in the six bid range, which is true of a lot of the uh, you know uh, uh, the other major conferences. But you know we didn't expect things to kind of go downhill a bit at Wichita State. We didn't expect the Cincinnati situation to be what it was, uh, what it's been the last uh, few years. But I think they're going to be in great shape and they're going to be moving on to the Big Twelve at some point. But they're you know we didn't expect Temple to uh, have a tough time you know after Fran Dumpy and. They showed some signs of progress toward the end of this year, but if you look at those teams and then you pair them, you know, with with Houston, with Memphis, with um, you know SMU and, and UCF being kind of an up and down but always a pretty competitive team under Johnny Dawkins. Uh, if you look at that, you would think this league, sure, it should have been, you know, could be a five six bid league year after year. And, and that doesn't include when, you know, East Carolina might, you know, ECU might have a great year under Joe or, or Tulane, which hired Ron, Ron Hunter. And that has been a spectacular hire. Look at what he's done. You know, so I think the league is, is a good basketball league. We've never had anybody on the men's committee. Uh, and that's, I think it's a national scandal. I really do. Uh, we should have had someone on the committee. It doesn't mean it's a bias situation. It doesn't mean that person speaks for your conference, but you know it makes a difference when you have representation, at least, uh, that uh, maybe people look at your league differently. I don't know. Well, uh, let, let, me, doesn't... let me let me go there, Mr. Grisher. How do you how do we remedy that? How does the American well, remedy that? you know, we, we had a situation where, you know, we, we had a nomination. It should have been, you know, uh, put forward, and it looked like it was going to happen, and then it didn't. Um, we're, we're just working on it internally. We're trying. But – and again, I'm not suggesting that that person would be there to to lobby for the American. He or you know, uh, he wouldn't be. It probably you know uh, he or she wouldn't be. Uh, it would probably be one you know at this point one of our ads, um, and that you know that's. But the the point is just having that representation right. means that you know you 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 belong. We're a major conference. Look at the pedigree in this conference. And we've gone since our founding a decade without a member on that committee. Outrageous. It's utterly outrageous. And, uh, you know, again, uh, but I'm not suggesting that that person's there to lobby. Just like we're, right. we're finally getting representation on the CFP committee, the College Football Player Committee. Chet Gladchuk is going to be our representative, you know, going forward. That's wonderful. And Chet's not there to lobby for us. But the fact that we have that member is important to our league, right? It'd be important to any league, right? The P5 have have automatic membership in, uh, you know, in the uh, on that selection committee, and it means a lot to them to have it. So, uh, you know, the fact that we haven't had it in basketball, and the fact that we, you know, we I don't think have been as respected. You know, I look look at how well we played in the tournament. You know, you, you can look at conferences, and I, I won't single. You know who I'm talking about. Conferences that have gotten way more bids than we have, but haven't done anywhere near as well in the tournament as we have, except for maybe one team. And and look at look at what uh, Houston's done the last several years. Not just last year going to the Final Four, but getting to the Sweet Sixteen should have been in the Elite Eight if they hadn't lost a heartbreaker to Michigan. Michigan went to the championship game, right. and and Houston had them on the ropes. Should have won. They they were leading Kentucky by three with uh, you know a um, you know with forty eight seconds left, and 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 UCF 
almost taking down Duke and, and Zion, and they should have. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the ball just didn't bounce. You know, we, we've had some really good performances in the tournament. Cincinnati struggled, but they've, they've been a really good team. And then, and then you know, obviously, uh, you know, they, they had some, some changes there and things. Are, sure. You know, well, but they're going to stabilize. Memphis with winning the NIT last year probably, by all accounts, should have been in uh, the NCAA field of 68 uh, last season. We got Commissioner Mike Oresco. I thought so, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Memphis is a, you know, was a good team. Look, no one gave Houston better games than Memphis did down the stretch right. in the tournament and in the regular season. And Houston ends up as a Final Four team, and, and Memphis did win the NIT. But, you know, again, Patrick, you just have to just keep at it and hope you can change perceptions. Commissioner Mike Oresco is with us. Obviously, what has happened on the field, what happens on the court, speaks for itself. Why is it still an uphill battle as you say change perceptions? Well, in part, we were, you know, we were a reinvented new conference, um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever it's been. And I think, you know, maybe that the fact that we were new, uh, the fact that a lot of people gave us up for dead, you know, didn't really feel we were going to be successful. And, you know, that's changed dramatically. Uh, and, but, you know, the very first year, you know, SMU was, every analyst had SMU, not only in the tournament, but a reasonably high seed. Right. He didn't make it. Yeah. And, and they didn't make it because they were, we were told, oh, well, their non-conference schedule, you know, and then they lost to Virginia by, I don't know, two or three points, uh, you know, a game they could have won. Uh, and they, they used that. And you know how good they were that year. And then, you know, we had a Temple team that was supposedly the first one out uh, several years ago that was, I think, 25 or 23 and 7 and, uh, and had a 20-point win over Kansas and, and ultimately didn't make it. You know, and, and I don't know what you, you know, what you say about those kinds of things. You know, and, we, and we've had a couple of other teams that have been worthy. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think maybe we weren't known initially as a, as a basketball league. We we put, you know, we've done so well in football, and that's been you know such a dominant theme. But look at our pedigree uh, again. When you have Houston and you have, um, you know, Wichita State, which we added, you know, several years ago. When you have Cincinnati, when you have Temple, which had, you know, uh, you know at one point they may have led, uh, you know, all teams in terms of wins in their history. Uh, and then you look at, um, you know, Johnny Dawkins, we had, the roster of coaches we have is probably the best we've ever had. And I include Joe Dooley in that group. Joe's a terrific coach. But you look at, uh, you know, some of the other teams, Memphis. I mean, Memphis has a, has a longer pedigree. You know, you had some teams that, you know, get, uh, get a lot more attention. But Memphis goes back, you know, how many years you know, with, with really great basketball? Uh, Cincinnati, you know, what a, what a tradition. Now, again, uh, Cincinnati and Houston will be leaving, and, and UCF. I get, right. I get that. But over the, we've had them all these years. We won a national championship with UConn, right? Uh, UConn didn't do very well in our league. Uh, they're doing fine now, and maybe they would have uh, done that that well in our league now, but they weren't when they were in it for all those years. And other teams were doing quite well, so that was a puzzling thing. UConn won a national championship. Houston goes to the Final Four. Several of our teams have had a chance to advance pretty, pretty, you know, pretty regularly. Uh, so again, it's a good basketball league. It's going to get better. And, and we, you know, we, Carl Hicks now is our head of basketball. Right. Carl yeah. mm-hmm. ran basketball for the ACC. I think you're probably well aware of him, especially in your region. Uh, and he's terrific. Now we've had great people running our basketball, you know, Dan Leibowitz and, and, uh, you know, Nate Pomaday. But when you get a, a Carl Hicks and his 
his pedigree and somebody who's, who's been the ACC a guy who wanted to come back and, and, and work in college basketball and loves being here uh, and loves what, what you know, the challenge is because he thinks with, with the reinvention of the conference going to 14 teams, there's a lot of work to do, but that we can be pretty good. And uh, we're just going to have to keep at it, try to keep the committee, uh, you know, informed of what we're doing. Um, you know, and I've been outspoken, as you know, right. uh, regarding yeah. the college football playoff. I hope it, it had some, some, some effect. I mean, finally Cincinnati made it. it. took a lot to have that happen. Probably could have made it last year as well. And uh, certainly UCF had, had a good claim and Houston had a claim at one point. But finally got done. Um, now, obviously, the world's changing with NIL and the transfer portal realignment. You know, who knows what the next few years are going to bring. But, you know, you have to promote your conference if you have something to promote. You know, if you don't have any achievements, that's one thing. You, know, you right. probably can't say anything. Right. Uh, but that's not been the case with our group. We've got Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference, the uh, conference basketball tournament, men and women, going on simultaneously in Texas at the Dickies Arena uh, there in Fort Worth. I want to, you know, obviously we could could talk about what it means Cincinnati making the the college football playoff finally. I I guess what the more appropriate and timely question would be, do, do you see the expansion and there's a lot of, you know, especially in this part of the world with the Atlantic Coast Conference, and others, uh, that seems to be kind of tabled, if you will, or stymied. The Cincinnati case, though, does call for expansion, of, and, and the American can hopefully have a, a seat at that table on a, on a regular basis, I, I would hope, and I'm sure you do too. Yes, we, you know, we're disappointed that, that uh, you're talking about the CFP expansion, right. Patrick. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're disappointed it didn't happen. I mean, I Basically, the, the the sad thing is that if it had uh, we'd been able to get it on, you know, uh, get a new format adopted, you would have started in 2024, 25, had those two years in place, and that means 800 plus student athletes, players, you know, uh, young people would have had an opportunity to play, and they're not going to have that opportunity. And if they're you know juniors or seniors or even sophomores now. They might not have that opportunity, and it's a it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that they're never going to have, and that's what's really unfortunate because this playoff is probably likely to be expanded down the road, and it's a shame that that it wasn't. And you know, if I think Bob Bowlesby put it put it correctly, if you don't want to do something, any excuse is as good as another. We've heard a lot of excuses from the three who opposed it, and I don't think they're good reasons. As you know, I wrote an open letter to right. college football regarding it. Made, made the points, and I think it should have happened. And I think, um, you know, it would have provided this conference certainly an excellent opportunity. <clears throat> but our, our goals were aligned with the larger goals of college football in this one, I think, Patrick, because this is good for college football. It would mean that probably three dozen teams going down the stretch would have an opportunity, and that's going to energize, energize all those fan bases and, and get people interested in and have them come out to the ballparks where, you know, we're struggling sometimes with attendance. It would also have uh, made the championship games even more compelling and valuable. It would have, uh, again, given so many more teams an opportunity, and it might have changed the recruiting and, and some of the other, you know, issues that have plagued us. You know, it, it's been, everything's been concentrated in those, you know, those teams that have made it year after year. And that's been a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's caused kind of a, you know, an imbalance in college football. Now, again, as I said earlier, 
you got to throw NIL and, and the transfer portal into the mix now to know how things are going to go in the next several years. So it's, it's a complicated situation. But the playoff would have helped, I think. It would have helped teams get some attention and never get any uh, on the national scale, uh, uh, excuse me, on the national uh, level. And, and so it, it's just a shame that, it, that, you know, especially since I think it will happen down the road. I, I think 12 is the only number besides four. I mean, eight just does not have any traction. You know, you, we want to make sure champions are rewarded and they should be every, every, you know, championship almost anywhere rewards your champions, you know, your, your division winners, your league winners, you know, your whatever. Uh, and, and, and yet you want a mix of at larges also to make sure you've got a really strong field and worthy teams. Well, that's exactly what this 12-team, um, you know, uh, setup did. In addition, the health and safety issues are real, but you're going to most teams are going to play one more game than you play now to win the championship. And and in a rare case, you might have a team that plays two extra games, and they and they would have. Would uh, you have to play two now to win? Uh, you would have to play potentially four if you were a team that did not get a bye and made it to the championship game. But as I said. I think a lot of our players would crawl over glass to have that opportunity <laughs> and, and you would adjust your practices yeah. and you would adjust. We're trying to do some things in the regular season for health and safety. <clears throat> and my, my point to the ACC was you would have had two and a half years before this started to get a lot of those changes in place. So they say, well, we think we can deal with it. We think expansion will happen down the road. Well, it should have happened, you know, sooner than later, because I think, I hope as people think about this, they just realize what an opportunity, you know, we missed. And all it does is really uh, deprive, you know, those kids of an opportunity they would have had. Uh, where it's going, when the next meeting is, I don't know at this right. point. Right. Um, and, you know, again, there's talk that, well, you know, the SEC, I know Greg Sankey's talked about whether they're even going to re-engage. I mean, they've, they've done fine with four. I think they will re-engage. I suspect that, you know, Greg's been a strong supporter of 12 and I admire Greg and, and Bob for their position on, on the six, six model, meaning for your listeners, you know, six, uh, the top six conferences without favor, without, you know, right. uh, favoritism, without giving the, the top brands an automatic, you know, the, the, the so-called five plus one, give the, you know, the autonomy five, the, the so-called P five, an automatic. Well, no, no, no playoff does this. And I challenge, you know, anyone to find a playoff that did that, that gave somebody a privilege just because of their brand, because of who they are, how much money they spend. Uh, that just doesn't happen. And uh, if we can get by that, I think we'll, we'll end up with the right kind of playoff. But that was one of the issues that held things up. It's kind of a shame, you know, and then there's some others, but they can be resolved. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we don't blow it and end up with, uh, you know, no playoff. I don't think that's very likely. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just uh, defaulting to a four-team playoff, yeah. you know, which is not – it just hasn't been inclusive enough. And it, you know, that's, uh, what, 3% of, of, of teams? I mean, yeah. it's the smallest of any sport. Now, again, Patrick, we're talking football. It's not the same as, as uh, basketball or baseball or, or, you know, any number of sports. But that doesn't mean you can't you can't expand it to the point where it, it's, uh, you know, it's still doable and you're not going to jeopardize the health and safety of, of your players. Commissioner Mike Oresco with us uh, here. We've got more with the commissioner available. It'll be loaded tonight in podcast form, 94.3thegame.com. Check out our social media. Pay attention to that. My social media, I'll uh, promote it. But uh, later tonight, and we've got a long way to go in that uh, conversation with Commissioner Oresco, 
uh, talking about conference expansion. Some interesting comments on that. Talking about uh, division play in football. Some interesting on that. NIL, transfer portal. The deal with ESPN. There's a lot of ground still yet to be covered. So uh, we're going to have that up on the podcast tonight. You can check it out, 943thegame.com. We'll push it out on social media. And uh, we were planning to maybe air another portion of that tomorrow, but with baseball moving up, we're being preempted tomorrow, so there we go. All right, a uh, chance now to check uh, what's going on. Lots of uh, action in college basketball tournaments. Uh, The uh, Duke Blue Devils got pushed by uh, Syracuse earlier today, in case you missed it. And some other things going on, schedule changes. It's been a wild time. Uh, the Rep. Philip Pilkington with a Sports Flash update here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game, and the Patrick Johnson Show. Philip, take it away. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 the game sports update. We will start in ECU athletics as tomorrow's baseball game against St. Mary's has been moved up to 3 p.m. Network coverage will start at 2.45 right here on 94-3 the game with Scott Rogers and Coach O. Men's basketball lost in the conference tournament today to Cincinnati 74-63, and Vance Jackson talked after the game about his time as a Pirate. Uh, It's been great. Thankful for the opportunity. Not many people could uh, have six chances at college, so I just feel like I took advantage of my opportunity and I found a home in Greenville and represent ECU, and I'm just thankful for that. And I'm excited for my next chapter. In better news, baseball is back. That's right, the MLB lockout is over, and the league will play all 162 games this year. On to the NFL, the Lions have told linebacker Trey Flowers that he will be released later this week. The Commanders have released safe. Landon Collins and the Titans have released Pro Bowl guard Roger Safford. Khalil Mack is possibly going to Los Angeles to be a Charger. The Bears and Chargers are finalizing a deal as we speak to trade the six-time Pro Bowler. Going on to the Players' Championship, currently Tommy Fleetwood is the clubhouse leader at six under. He is followed by Kramer Hickok and Keith Mitchell, both at five under. Hickok is in the clubhouse. Mitchell still on the course out on the 15th hole. ECU alum Harold Varner III shot a three under 69 today. That is good to be tied for eight. On to men's college basketball, a bunch of the big names took care of business so far today. No upsets to report as Duke, Kansas, and Arizona have all won going to the American Athletic Conference, though currently Tulsa leads Wichita State 68-59 to with 37 seconds remaining in that ballgame. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. We will talk about Farmville Central's state championship, both men's and women's basketball games on the other side of this timeout. If anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Chico's in downtown Greenville is celebrating 39 years in business all month during March with a special anniversary menu. Grab your amigos and enjoy blasts from the past menu favorites like Cancun oysters, chili dog, costillas, and the pollo limon. The celebration doesn't stop with your favorite Mexican food. Drop in for one of those famous Chico's margaritas in the bar or outside on the patio. Hurry in. The celebration menu ends March 31st. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. 
Do you have chronic joint pain like in your knees and hips? It's time to think about an exciting new way to treat joint pain with biologic therapies, regenerative solutions. I'm talking about QC Kinetics, available here. Hey, gang, it's Patrick Johnson. Lots of people here have called QC Kinetics already. They are the nation's leader in helping people deal with chronic pain with no surgery, no drugs, no steroids, and no downtime. These natural pain treatments can actually repair and restore damaged tissue in your joints with long-lasting results. I'm telling you, biological solutions help your body heal itself. If you have joint pain due to arthritis, lower back pain, shoulder pain, you need to change the way you think about pain treatments and discover the biological therapies at QC Kinetics. Get moving again. Get your life back. Do it with no surgery and no drugs. Call QC Kinetics now to learn more. 252-756-PAIN. Regenerative, restorative, real pain relief. 252-756-PAIN. It's time to travel again, and it's time to enjoy the convenience of flying from Pitt Greenville Airport. Reservations are available now at AA.com. Whether you're flying for business or leisure, Pitt Greenville Airport and American Airlines can get you to Charlotte and then anywhere on the map. You can't beat the convenience of parking right next to the terminal and the short lines at ticketing and security. For your next trip, check out the great rates offered at AA.com and support your local Pitt Greenville Airport. An important message from Byram Healthcare. If you live with diabetes, you know how challenging and painful it can be to manage your blood sugar. With private insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid, that can all change. If you test your blood sugar four or more times a day and inject insulin three or more times a day, you may qualify to receive at little or no cost, less copays and deductibles, a continuous glucose monitor, providing blood sugar readings with no uncomfortable finger sticks. It alerts you in real time to potential spikes with your blood sugar levels. Byram Healthcare is a leading U.S. provider of continuous glucose monitors. We carry most major brands and will work with your insurance to get your benefits approved. So if you have diabetes, call a U.S.-based Byram Healthcare specialist now and see if you qualify. 800-914-2037. That's 800-914-2037. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. ECU eliminated in the AAC championship first round. They drop uh, a third game to the Bearcats this year, 74-63. We'll see where this goes now. I mean, there's progress in the record, 15-15. ECU has not had many 500 or better seasons in recent years in basketball. And uh, Joe Dooley is uh, he came into a mess. He's done a really good job, I think. Got a year remaining. The question is not whether, you know, he should be retained because he does have that year remaining, but do you let him go into that year without any kind of extension worked out? Now, it's important to note that the Mike Houston extension was done in the offseason, but uh, it's kind of different circumstances. And personally, I like Coach Dooley a lot. Enjoyed working with him this year. He's a, he's a professional. He's a gym rat. He's a basketball guy. And he's just a ball coach. But, uh, you know, today, 
kind of raw and emotional if you're an ECU basketball fan because it does sting. But, um, you, you know, just at the end of the game there, you just didn't have any playmakers that were available. That was the deal. All right. Uh, hey, we got Farmville basketball coming up, speaking of playmakers. Uh, and uh, we got the Boys and Girls Championships, the ref Philip Pilkington, the coach Needham Chile. They'll be calling the uh, radio action Saturday beginning at noon with the girls on 94.3 The Game, the boys at 2.30 on Talk 103.7 WTIB. This is uh, Larry Williford, our old friend, the coach for uh, the Farmville Boys, as they go for a fourth consecutive state title. And he talked about the play this year of Josh Short. He's been in the program now three years. You know, this is a kid that in the Eastern Finals, you know, played the entire fourth quarter and the overtime period against South Granville right before we got shut down for COVID as a, as a true freshman. Um, I always had a been a high-level basketball guy. He's matured. He, his body's filled out. Um, he's a great passer, um, great teammate. Uh, you know, I think the great thing about our basketball team this year is that you know, I think we've got almost five guys in double figures, um, which is hard to do. Um, so they really like to play together. They get along well. Um, it's been a, been a great practice team. They love practice and attacking, you know, each night in practice and being, you know, coming every night with a lot of energy and getting after it. Uh, you know, very refreshing year 22 to still be able to say things like that. So I've been very fortunate. But uh, Ja is a, is a great player, but there's, there's a lot of great talent around Ja as well. Indeed, there is. Uh, cut three here on the vast soundbite roster today. What uh, Coach Williford thinks the biggest improvement his team has made throughout the season? Uh, communication. Um, you know, a lot of our defensive things that we talk about is, is, you know, our rotations and where we're supposed to be is, you know, as all basketball coaches, you know, one, two, three passes away and how we defend certain things. But it all starts with the communication aspect of, of guys talking. And in this day and age in 2022, people like to communicate via social media. So getting guys in practice, using their voice, talking to one another, looking each other in the eye and holding each other accountable is, is, is a big deal. And I think your most successful basketball teams or, or any sport are teams that can, can communicate effectively and not by a cell phone. Uh, they will play Robinson at 2.30, and uh, that'll be what is uh, going on on Saturday from the Dean Dome. The Farmville girls have a nooner against uh, – Salisbury, I believe, or is it, uh, yeah, Salisbury is who they'll be playing. And uh, this is their coach, uh, uh, Hollis Harper, who talks about uh, in cut six here the difference from this team compared to previous installments that uh, have made the championship game and finished as runner-up. All the teams I had was good, but this team right here, they uh, they pick up one another when they're down. Um, we play hard. Uh, we play hard on defense, uh, and um, we just play together. Uh, Coach Harper also uh, talked about uh, the biggest improvements his team has made throughout the season, cut seven. Defense. Um, when we first started, uh, we weren't playing that much of defense. We had to go back in there and work on our defense. We got harder and played harder on defense. Defense win ball games. We got better on defense again. Now, uh, the Bertie County girls team is going to be playing in the 1A championship against Bishop McGinnis, who is uh, – one of the great teams, and uh, they're coached by Chris Jordan. That's the 1A girls game. That'll be at 2.30 at NC State. 
so here is uh, here is their coach uh, talking about uh, how important the senior class has been for the Lady Falcons. They have been awesome all year. Practice time, they take lead. I, I don't have to come out and say a whole lot. They keep the young ones in check. And like I said, it's been great working with the seniors this year. And uh, Coach Jordan also uh, talked about uh, dealing with all the pregame hype over in Windsor. The community is really behind this team. Well, we're trying to keep it normal as possible. A lot of people have been reaching out to me, uh, wanting to invite us out to meals and try to do a lot of things for the girls this week. But I asked them to just hold off. We got one more game, and uh, we want to celebrate and have celebrations next week. So we're trying to just do everything this week, like it was during the regular season, as normal as possible. And, you know, like you said, we want to cherish this moment because, you know, don't know when this will happen again. So we're going to end up doing some fun things at the end of the week, you know. Hey, uh, congratulations to all of the uh, true Eastern teams that will be representing the East in the uh, state championships from our listening area. That includes uh, Bertie County and also uh, the Farmville boys and the Farmville girls. And uh, happy for Philip that he'll get a chance to call that. Uh, again, you can hear that at noon right here on 94.3 The Game on uh, Saturday for the girls' championship in the 2A Farmville and Salisbury, the Hornets. And uh, then uh, a uh, big, big uh, broadcast as Robinson and Farmville playing the 2A boys' championship game. And that is uh, coming up at... Uh, that will be coming up uh, against uh, 2.30 on uh, Talk 103.7 WTIB. I wanted to get to the list of sponsors again. I want to make sure I have that, so that's why I was a little uh, – a tad delayed there, a tad distracted. My apologies. Uh, but uh, our coverage of Farmville Central brought to you by Auto Store of Farmville and Greenville, Hobbs Insurance Agency of Farmville, Mosquito Authority, the Town of Farmville, Vintage Point Toys and Memorabilia, Jack A. Farrier Steelworks, uh, also, uh, Pierce Insurance, The Little Rocket, All Britain Lawn and Landscaping, Tony Moore, GFL Environmental, Creighton Commercial, proud owners of Brightleaf Shopping Center in Farmville, and Pitt and Green Electric Membership Corporation. Our uh, sales team has done a fabulous job with that. They really have. Uh, Pirates are uh, going to be coming back tomorrow. Uh, they will stay overnight and fly back uh, tomorrow after the basketball season ended. So uh, we are officially out of the winter sports season in Greenville and uh, can concentrate on the uh, spring sports and other things going on uh, full throat. So, uh, hey, congratulations. Uh, you know, a lot of places might kind of furrow their brow or crinkle their nose over a 500 season and only six wins in the conference. But, uh when you've had a program that has had its issues like East Carolina, that's a benchmark. That's progress. Is it enough progress to to extend or talk about extending Joe Dooley? I, you know, I don't know. Pirates are 32 games below 500 in the league. It's a tough league. Doesn't get enough respect nationally. You had the COVID year. Uh, you had a lot of APR issues. The relationship uh, between the AD and uh, the, the coach, I, I don't know if it's the best relationship. Not saying that it's a bad one, but it's its one that it just doesn't – there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect there. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the next few days play out because 
Joe Dooley cannot, I, I know you're saying, well, he's got a year left on his contract. That's not how it works in basketball. Recruiting, or any sport, recruiting, it would be awful. It would be something held against ECU. Even kids that might be thinking with some eligibility to transfer out of the portal. You're not going to get any kid that would be here more than a year. Uh, from the recruiting standpoint, I mean, you're already on to the, the next year's class. Well on to it. it. It wouldn't just not work out. Uh, so we'll see. It, it could be an interesting few days uh, here as far as pirate basketball goes. All right. We're going to uh, not be in tomorrow because of uh, baseball. Uh, I'll have uh, ACC Network Extra tomorrow. Duke and State on the uh, softball diamond. Doubleheader action starting at three. Good grief. And then uh, tomorrow, or over the weekend, uh, individual games for Pirate Softball as they're hosting an Invitational, and uh, we'll have that for you on ESPN+. Plus. Pirate Baseball here on the uh, radio all weekend. And uh, back tomorrow morning, of course, for Talk of the Town. Great job, as always, by our staff, Ben and Philip. Fabulous work. Mike Oresco, thanks to the commission for joining us. The entire conversation later tonight on 943thegame.com in podcast form. See you Monday. Country Mart stores of Pitt County are locally owned and part of your community. At Country Mart, they offer that great Shell gasoline with Shell rewards that save you money at the pump. And these days, that's really important. And don't forget Smitty's Restaurant at the Highway 11 store with great lunch specials daily and Pat's desserts that will be the best you've 